All right, so we're going to go ahead and, and jump on into our series. Oh, before we do, I want to mention one other thing. I've been kind of talking about this series and the length of it and things like that. Um, as I was putting this message together uh, this week, I, I was kind of praying about it and looking at it and all those sort of things. And I just kind of didn't like, to be honest with you, where it was going to conclude at four weeks. Um, and I was kind of looking at it, and, and some of the scriptures that you're going to see that we're going to be using today are going to be coming out of uh, Revelation 20. And I was just looking and praying. I was like, man, there's, there's Revelation 21, and there's Revelation 22, and I'm finishing up this series this week. And I just was like, yeah, I just can't do it. So we're going to make this series, instead of four weeks, we're going to make it five weeks. We're going to finish up next week. So next week, we're going to finish up this series, and then after that, we're going to start a new series that's coming up. I'll let you know a little bit more about that next week. But I wanted to let you know what was going on. wanted to make sure that you were aware. So we're going to be talking about Revelation the next two weeks, and then we'll be all finished up. So one, want to, like I said, keep you updated on the situation. So Right now, we're going to jump on in. We're in uh, week four now of a five-week series of our Revelation series on um, the study of Revelation. And we're going to be really looking at today uh, judgment. We're going to be looking at that. Now, I don't want that to be a scary word. I want it to be a word that we can look at honestly and openly and understand what that looks like. Because for uh, uh, depending on who we are and depending on if we are a believer or not, that's going to look a little bit different. And so we're going to look at this together and see. But our text this morning is going to be in Revelation. Revelation 22, verses 12 through 13. But before we get there, let's pray. Father, we love you and we thank you. God, I thank you for this time, for this opportunity to be, get, to be together and, and to worship you and learn more about you and experience you. And Father, I just pray you'd help me to share the words that you want me to share, the things that you want me to share, Father. That, God, it would become um, life-giving. To us this morning, that it would be life altering where, where you need to come in and work on areas of our life, that we'd be open to that and know that you love us and want to do some great things in us and through us. So, Father, we do love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so we're going to be in Revelation 22, and here's our verse that we're going to look at, starting with verse number 12. It says this Look, and Jesus is speaking here, I am coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to each person according to what they have done. And then again, we see this statement that we've seen several times and we've looked at uh, throughout the last couple of weeks. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. One thing that we need to understand is when Jesus comes back and, and we see all these things, there's going to be some other things that are going to be happening. Last week, we really talked about the timeline. We talked about the Great Tribulation period and the Millennial period and, and, and kind of even eternity to a little bit. And there's going to be some judgments that are going to take place. Now, I know that's not a popular word. I know that's not a word that we like to hear. Our culture today really despises that word. We kind of have this attitude or who are, who are you? you to judge me? Who are you to, to say that I'm not doing something right or whatever? Well, there is someone who has the authority and the right to judge you. And that is our creator. That is the God who is, and the Jesus that has been given all authority and all power to do these things. And so we need to understand that this is a part of this. As we look at Revelation, as we study the book of Revelation, we need to understand that there are going to be a time where all of us, every single one of us, 
are going to stand before God and we're going to give an account. Now, here's what's interesting about that. Depending on if we are saved and been born again, that is going to look different, obviously, than those that haven't. And so we need to break that down and, and look at that because there are going to be important things to understand about each of these things that we need to see. So as we kind of jump into this, the first thing we're going to talk about is the believer. Okay, And what the believer will face, and this is in your notes, and so the believer will face the judgment seat of Christ. The judgment seat of Christ. Now, there is some debate, there is some disagreement on exactly when this will take place. Okay? Some people believe that it will take place during um, the Great Tribulation period. That basically, as Christians have been raptured away, that during this time, they will be out and um, we will have this situation take place then. Others believe it will actually take place at the exact same time, or in the about the same time, as what unbelievers will face. We're not exactly sure. What we do know is Scripture is very clear that we're going to be standing before Christ one day as believers. And this is going to be different than what unbelievers will experience. And so let me explain this to you the best way that I know how. The best way to explain it to you is in your notes. It says this. The judgment seat of Christ will be the greatest award ceremony we have ever seen. The greatest award ceremony we have ever seen. Okay? Now, when I was a kid, I remember hearing this and, and I was kind of, you know, oh my goodness, this, this was almost like a scary thing. And we'll get to that in a minute. But this is going to be an amazing event. This is going to be something very, very cool. Let's look at what scripture tells us about this. And we're going to start with 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, verse number 10. It says this, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may receive what is due us. For the things uh, done while in body, whether good or bad. Let's look at Romans 14. In Romans 14, 10, it says this. Remember, this is again Paul writing. We will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For the scriptures say, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow to me and every tongue will declare allegiance to God. Yes, each of us will give a personal account to God. That's something we need to understand. Now, the judgment seat of Christ is not about salvation. Here's what's great about this. If you're at the judgment seat of Christ, you're in. Okay, does that make sense? You're in. Now, here's, here's how we, you know, we think about this. I, I, I don't know if you like these. I am not a big fan of these at all. I don't, I don't understand why you would watch this, but I know some people like this, and that's fine. But, you know, they'll have like the Oscars or the Grammys or, or you know, they have awards for everything almost. You know, and people will watch these things, you know, and they'll sit there and, and everybody will clap. And, and here's what's interesting about that. If I decided I wanted to go to the Oscars and I walked up and said, hi, I'm here to go to the Oscars. I'm Aaron. They'd say security and they would take me away. A lot of people, if you get in the Oscars, there's a reason for that. If you're here, you're in. Okay. You're in. This is not about salvation. This is not about, am I going to make it to heaven? This is about giving an account for how we use the gifts, the talents, the abilities, the things that God gave us to use for his glory. 
Remember we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, uh, not even in our book of Revelation study, when we talked about the, the talents and how God gave uh, in that story. Jesus tells about a man who, who gives his servants talents and then he goes away and then he comes back and each servant has to give an account. Each servant has to give an account. That's what this is going to be like. It's going to be an opportunity for us to stand before God. Now, now listen, I want to be honest with you. Growing up, hearing these things, I don't know if, if it was just where I was growing up. I don't know if it was just the people I heard. I don't know. But this was a scary event for me. This was an event where it was, you know, I, I, if, you, if you go to my office, I've, I've talked to some of you, I've shown you this. I have a coin in my office on my desk for a reason. The reason is, is because I always remember sometimes there's two sides to every situation a lot of times. There's two sides of this coin. And what I was told growing up was, oh, this is going to be a, a good thing, but oh, it's going to be devastating. What do you mean it's going to be devastating? Oh, we're going to stand before God. And God's going to look at us and he's going to say, look at all the opportunities I gave you and look how you failed. You could have done so much more. Now look, do I believe that there will be a part of that? Yeah, I, I probably, I, I do. I think there is going to be a little bit of, maybe regret is the right word, where we're going to go, boy, I wish I had done more. I wish I had done more. But you know what? There's another side of that coin. And the other side of that coin is we are going to celebrate with God on what we were able to accomplish with his help. Okay? Listen, I don't know if you've ever done this before. If you've had kids, I'm sure you've done this where it seems like, you know, nowadays there is an award ceremony for everything. And one of the coolest things as a parent is, is to go to one of those things and see your child awarded something. Hey, your kid did this and they get an award. You know what I found about award ceremonies that humans put together? No matter how, how, there's not an award for the worst kid. Now, everybody knows who the worst kid is, you know what I mean? But there's no award for it. And when they give an award, they don't say, and now we'd like to give an award to this child who is the best child as far as doing math. But boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, was he horrible at history. Now, maybe he was, but we're there to celebrate what he's accomplished. We're there to celebrate the fact that we have done something good. Will there be some regrets? Yeah, I think there will be. But I think there will also be an understanding of this is exciting. This is awesome. Look what God has done through me. And I think it's going to be a great award ceremony. I think it's going to be a special time. I think it's going to be something that we should look forward to. This is in your notes. We should not fear this event. However, we need to prepare for it. We need to prepare for it. We need to be about our father's business. We need to be like the servant who was given and begins to invest the things that God has given us. Because here's the thing, I want to stand before God one day and look, I know me and I will only speak for me. I know there are going to be things that I'm going to look at and I'm going to go, 
man, I wish I had listened. Man, I wish I had done better here. But you know what? There are also going to be things that God's going to say, look at what we did together. I partnered, you partnered with me, and look what was accomplished. I think in this moment, God's going to pull back a veil. Those things that we always go, God, why? God, why did this have to happen? Or why did that have to happen? Or, or God, why? I, I gave, I gave this, this, this amount of money, or I gave this amount of time to this thing or this event, but I never saw anything. I never saw the fruit of it. I think in this moment, God's going to pull back that curtain and he's going to begin to show you that fruit. He's going to be showing, hey, you remember that little $5 bill you put in the offering when the missionary came and you went, you know what? This isn't going to do anything. What is this going to do really? And he's going to pull back and he says, see these 150 people? Yeah, they're there because you were obedient. Now, Now, listen to me here. If you can't tell me that's not going to be a party, you need to check your pulse. That's going to be awesome. That's going to be amazing. That's going to be God pulling it back and saying, hey, listen, I'm excited. I'm proud of you. I'm excited about what we're doing. And it's important that we understand that. We need to prepare for it. We need to prepare. You know what I've learned in my life? I never feared a test that I studied for and knew the and, and knew the information. Never feared one. Now, here's the thing. <laughs> if I hadn't read the book, if I hadn't studied the equations, if I hadn't done what I was supposed to do, I feared the test. Because the test was going to reveal that I didn't do the work. I did not prepare. But you know what? If I knew the stuff, bring on the test. Bring it on. You know why? Because I want to show you that I know the information. We need to prepare. We need to be ready. We need to be about our Father's business. And we need to understand every single one of us will stand before God one day and give an account. Again, this isn't about salvation. We're not saved by works. Okay? We need to understand that. Everybody needs to get that. I think we got it. But we also need to understand we'll give an account. So that's what, as believers, we are going to face that judgment. Now, what about unbelievers? Unbelievers will face what's called the white throne judgment. The white throne judgment. Let's look at Revelation 20. In Revelation 20, we're going to start with verse 11 and 12 and jump to 15. This is what it says. And I saw a great white throne and the one sitting on it. The earth and the sky fled from his presence, but they found no place to hide. I saw the dead, both great and small, Standing before God's throne. You know, here's the thing. You know, we we need to understand. Everyone, great or small, is going to stand before God. Every individual. There's no exceptions. There's no, I'll I'll get a pass or or not show up. All of us are going to stand before God. And the books were opened, including the book of life. And the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. Now let's jump to verse 15. And anyone whose name was not found recorded in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. Let's jump to Revelation 21.8. Let's look at this again. But the cowardly. Who are we talking about here? The cowardly. The unbelieving. The vile. 
the murderers, the sexual immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. You know, this isn't an easy thing to share. It it isn't. But truth is truth. And and a lot of times I've, I've talked with people and I've... I've, I've dealt with, with young individuals on this topic, and I've dealt with old individuals on this topic, and, and this is a hard one to swallow. It just is. You know, and I'm sure you've heard it. I'm sure you've heard these statements. How could a loving God do this? And, and it's a hard question. You know, why, why, why would God send someone to hell? And, and you know what? Listen, I know all the correct responses, and probably you do too. You know, hell was not the lake of fire. These, these, these were not created for us. They were created for Satan and his demons. But I think we need to understand something here, okay? We have a choice. Free will is a wonderful thing, but it's also a major thing. And we have to make a decision about where we're going to spend eternity. And, and we really have two options here. We can accept the free, amazing gift of Jesus, his forgiveness, his grace, and spend eternity with him. Or we can choose to not accept that gift. And for those that choose not to, this is their fate. And I know that's not popular. And I know there may be people online. I mean, these people are here. No one's leaving yet, so that's good. But there may be people online that right now are going, click, I'm done. But this is what God's word says. And we stand on God's word. You say, well, Aaron, then how could this be? How could a loving God? Listen, I I know that's hard to swallow, but I will say this. A loving God made a way. You know what an unloving God would do? An unloving God would say, you know what? You messed up. You screwed up. You turned your back on me. You rebelled against me. You thought you knew better. So you know what? You made your bed. Now lie in it. Can I be honest with you? Sometimes that's Aaron. Sometimes that's me. You know, it's like, you know what? You get what you deserve. And in that moment, guess what? I am not loving at all. But our loving God said, listen, I will make a way where there is no way. God didn't kick us to the curb. We left. And there's a big difference. And now we have a free gift. We don't have to face this white throne judgment. We can be at the judgment seat of Christ. But there's only one way to do it. And that's to be born again. That's to accept that gift. In John 3, 3, Jesus is talking to a religious leader named Nicodemus, and he's having this discussion, and this is what he says in John 3, 3. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Now stop and listen, hear me. This is the God of all creation speaking. When he speaks truth, it's truth, okay? I love you, hear me here. God is not concerned with your feelings. I don't like this. This doesn't feel good. I tell you the truth. God loves you and God loves your feelings, but he will not allow his feelings to change the truth. And this is the truth. He says, I tell you the truth. Unless you are born again, 
you cannot see the kingdom of God. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. It's so important that we understand now. It's so important that we understand the truth that is in that statement. Here's how this works. It's in your notes. Hopefully this will be an easy way to help you remember this. Because if you look in Revelation 21, we saw this idea of the second death. Okay, And now Jesus here is talking about being born again. Here's an easy way to remember it. It's in your notes. If we are only born once, then we'll die twice. But if we are born twice, we'll only die once. Okay? We're all born physically. But Jesus came so that we could be born again. So that all things could be made new. That things that were dead would become alive again. Here's what's awesome about that understanding. In Revelation 21, 8, we talked about who would not inherit the kingdom. It's like, oh, these people were liars and these individuals. Here's what's great. Here's what you need to understand. When you look at that scripture, when you understand what that says. Listen, even if you are those things. Even if you go, oh boy, I've, I've, I've lied and, and man, I've had idols in my life. You know what? When you accept Jesus and you accept your, his forgiveness, all those things are wiped away. Behold, all things are new. Though your sins were as red as scarlet, they will become white as snow. And that's awesome. But you've got to be born again. You've got to accept that situation. You've got to allow that forgiveness and that grace to be accepted into your life. But for those that do not, there's a judgment coming. The books are going to be open. And when those books are open, if your name is not found written in that book of life, there is a consequence. And it's Eternal separation from God. We need to understand that. It's sobering. It's concerning. But it's also totally and completely avoidable. All we have to do is accept him. So now, as we conclude kind of looking at judgment, I want to look at some kind of application. I want to look at some things that now understanding the judgments that are coming. How can I live by faith today so I am ready for his coming tomorrow? Now, now we did today and tomorrow because I wanted to kind of give it a, a different thing. But listen, you got to remember, Jesus come back today. We don't know the time. We don't know the hour. But we do know that he is coming soon. And we know that we will all stand before him one day. So what do we need to do? How can we live today? How can we take this information and apply it to our lives? The first one is really simple but very important. And it's the first one on purpose. Let's prepare for Christ's return by placing our faith in Christ today. By placing our faith in Christ today. 2 Corinthians 6.2 says this. For God says, at just the right time I heard you. On the day of salvation, I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. You know what today is? Today is the the day the Lord has made and all that good stuff. But you know what else it is? It is the day of salvation. Now, here's what you need to understand. I don't know about tomorrow. 
They, we don't have a promise for tomorrow. You don't have a promise for later this afternoon. We don't know how long this is going to stay open. A lot of times when I hear this scripture, you know what I think of? I think of Noah. I think of Noah and the ark. You know, for, for a very long time, here's this guy and he's building this ark. He's building this humongous boat. And he's working hard and over hundreds of years. I mean, this is a massive undertaking. And people are sitting there and laughing at him like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm building an ark. I guarantee you this happened. Why are you building an ark? What's, what's an ark? Well, it's a big boat. Why are you? It's dry land. What are you doing? God told me a flood was coming. God told me judgment is going to come. Well, what's, what's their natural response? Well, when Noah... I don't know. I just know it's coming. So all this happens. He finishes it. Still being laughed at. Still being like, what is wrong with the crazy old Noah? You know? And all of a sudden, animals start coming two by two. And getting into this boat. You know, I would love to believe it. I'm not saying I would. But I'd love to believe it. I would have been smart enough to go, okay, something's going on here. Maybe Noah isn't as crazy as we all thought. Because you know what? I just saw two hippos walk into this boat. Followed by two turtles. You get what I'm saying here? But it doesn't happen. And then after that, after that, they all get on. And the door still remains open. Anybody could have got on. Anybody could have got on. And finally... It's interesting, you check this out in scripture. The Bible tells us Noah did not close the door. God closed the door. One day, one day, and I don't know when, and you may go, man, that Aaron is as crazy as Noah, and that's fine. But I promise you, one day, the flood is going to come, and that door is going to be closed. But you know what? I got great news. I got great news. It's not right now. You still got time. You still got time. If you're online, no matter where you're watching, you still got time. Today is the day. But listen, don't put it off. Don't wait. Well, you know, you've heard that issue. Well, you know, when I get my life all figured out, listen, can I help you out with something? I love you. You're not going to get your life figured out on your own. Just not. You're never going to do that. How about this? We go to God and we let him help us do that. We don't sit there and say, well, when I get myself all cleaned up and figured out, then I'll go to God. No, no, no. We go to God filthy. We go to God knowing that we need a Savior, knowing that we need forgiveness. And what he does is he then wipes away those things. He's the one that takes our sin that's scarlet and turns it white as snow. Not you, not me. He does that. And so we allow him to. But today is the day. Today is your day, and you don't know about tomorrow. So let's put our faith in Christ today. Next, let's prepare for Christ's return by discovering our purpose today. By discovering our purpose. Let's look at Ephesians 2.10. In Ephesians 2.10, this is what it says. For we are God's masterpiece. Now, I want you to stop there for just a second, because that's big. Do you understand what just was said? No, seriously. Now, I know some of you, but I've been in church since I was knee-high to a duck. You know, I, I get all that. But truth is truth. You are God's masterpiece. 
You say, Aaron, I don't feel like God's masterpiece. You know what? Sometimes I don't either. But here's the thing you need to understand. Okay? What makes a masterpiece a masterpiece is the fact that it was created by the master. And you were created by the master. You are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Long ago. You know, God's got, listen, you know, you've heard me say this. God's got great plans for you. God's got great plans for us. Why? Why? Because we're his masterpiece. We've been created to do great things with God's help. But you know what I find? Sometimes we spend a lot of time trying to figure out what that is. What that purpose is. What do I do? What do I, how do I find that? And, And this is the other thing I've seen, and I've done this too. Where you'll go to a pastor or a spiritual leader and you kind of go to them and say, hey, what do I do? What's my purpose? And you expect me or others to tell you what that is. Listen, I can be a part of that and I want to be a part of that. But God wants to reveal that to you. God wants to have that conversation where, listen, this is what I've called you to do. This is what I've asked you to do. This is what your purpose is for this moment in time. It's not about you waiting to be asked to figure this out. It's about us going to our Father and saying, God, what do you have for me to do? What do you want me to do? What is my purpose to do? Listen, I'll help you out with this. If I ask you this question, what is your purpose? What is your calling? And everyone has one. And I said, what is it? And you can't answer it immediately? Then you probably need to go back to God and say, listen, God, I need some help here. we got to figure this out. We talked about being prepared for what's coming. This is part of that, being prepared, is figuring it out. Now, most of us, as as we've gotten older, we all had this situation take place in our lives. We had to make this decision. We we, we talk to kids about this all the time. We ask this question, what do you want to be when you grow up? What are we asking them? In a lot of ways, we're saying, what do you want to do with your life? I mean, yeah, yeah, we, we want to make sure that we're, we're working and we're doing all these things. And you're responsible, well, I want to be a doctor. I want to be a, a plumber. I want to be a mom, whatever it might be. But you know what those are in a lot of ways? There are calling for work. God has given us all a calling in our spiritual walk. And sometimes we, we spend more time, listen, we spend more time trying to figure out what we're going to do with our earthly life than we do our spiritual life. We spend more time doing SATs to get into the college that we need to get the job and the degree that we want than we spend in God's word to discover his purpose for us today. We need to understand that. So we need to discover those things. If you say, Aaron, I don't know how, come talk to me about it. We'll look at these things together. And just so you know, I'm, I'm actually, and, and all of this stuff that's happened recently has kind of thrown some monkey wrenches in our plans for this year. I get that. But, 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 but I have some things in store and in mind that I want to implement here that will help us discover those things. And it's coming. I don't know when and how because of the restrictions that we have, but I believe it's coming. But listen, you don't need to wait for that moment. You can begin that process today. Okay? You can begin that process today. So let's discover that calling. Let's discover those good things that God has planned for us to do. Number three, let's prepare for Christ's return by making a difference today. A difference today. Look at Matthew 5. 
In Matthew 5, we see a really cool scripture, and I've always liked this one, maybe because as a kid you sang a song about it, but I think it's important that we catch this. It says, you are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see. So that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. You know what's interesting? Light makes a difference. It does. Light makes a difference. When you add light to darkness, light makes a difference. And what are we called? We're called the light of the world. We're called to do that. We're called to be put on a stand to give light to those around us. But you know what? A lot of times, let's just be honest, we put our light, when I was a kid, we called it under a bushel, which I guess is a basket. And we cover it up. And that, what that does is that keeps the light from being effective and it keeps the light from making a difference. And and I want to talk about something because I feel like this is important that we catch this. Because I've seen this um, in our world and our culture today and I think we need to talk very briefly about it. We have a wonderful situation here in our world today where you can literally, pretty much literally, hear any pastor you want. You can see any church you want. You can, you can go online and, and watch the service and watch the pastor and watch amazing worship leaders, all those things. And listen, I am not saying that's bad, okay? It's a great thing. It's awesome. But what I think I'm seeing is we tend to look at those things and we tend to see those things and we use them as an excuse to not make a difference in our world. Because we say things like that. Well, you know, and, and let's just be honest. Well, you know, if my pastor was as good as that pastor, well, then, then blah, 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 blah. Well, you know what? If I was as gifted as this individual was, then I can blah, 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 blah. Listen, you know what one of the biggest enemies of making a difference is? It's comparison. God You are God's masterpiece. You are God's masterpiece to make a difference in the world that he's placed you in. Listen, it's great to watch other people. It's great to experience those things. I'm not saying that's bad at all. What becomes bad is when we allow that spirit of comparison to paralyze us from accomplishing and making the difference that God has called us to make. Whether that be as an individual or a body. God has called us all to make a difference. And we can't allow those other things to keep us from doing that. Let those things feed you. Let those things be encouraging to you. Let those things say, hey, guess what? If God can use them, then God can use me. Because they're not perfect either. And God chose to use them. And they are making a difference. And God can do the same with you, with me, and with us. We're all the light of the world. We can all bring light to the house that God has placed us in. So let's make a difference. Let's not let anything stop us. Let's not let the comparison thing keep us from accomplishing the great and awesome and good things that God wants us to accomplish. The final thing, if the worship team wants to come on up, we're going to close. Let's prepare for Christ's return by receiving his promises today. By receiving his promises. 2 Corinthians 1.20. 
In 2 Corinthians 1.20, this is what it says. For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. And through Christ are amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. You know what's interesting? And I found this very true in my own life. And I don't know if you do this, but, but I, I know I do. There is this tendency to know God's promise, to know God's promises, and to be very good at believing them for you. To be very good at understanding, hey, this is what God has promised, and God is going to do this. And, and, and to have the attitude of yes and amen. It is done. It is finished. It is fulfilled. We're good. But sometimes in my own life, I forget the promises. Can I be honest? I think in the world that we're facing right now, there's a lot of people that have forgotten the promises. You turn on the news or the, or the, or the, or the, the internet or whatever, and, and I'll be honest with you, it's real easy to forget the promises. You know, we've got to remember something. As we've studied the book of Revelation, as we looked at this book, and again, next week, listen, next week's going to be a great week. Next week we'll talk about, in a lot of ways, eternity. When all the judgments are done, when the millennial reign is over and the great tribulation, the rap, all those things, we're going to look at kind of where we end up. The, the real, real end of the story, if that makes sense, even though the story is going to continue through all eternity. It's going to be awesome. You want to be here online or here. It's going to be great. I'm excited about it. But listen, it's real easy right now to forget the promises. It's real easy to turn on stuff and go, oh man, God, what, but you know what? You know what one of the main promises of Revelation is? We win. Right? God wins, so we win. And that's a promise you've got to hold on to. That's a promise. Because listen, if you will not hold on to the promises, you will hold on to the lies. You will hold on to something, folks. You've got to understand that. You're going to grasp on to something. You're either going to grasp on to the promises of God and our living hope, or you're going to grab on to other things that are going to bring death and bitterness and fear and anger. But you're going to grab on to something. And I want to encourage you this morning. Grab a hold of the promises of God. What are those promises? That he's never going to leave us. That he's never going to forsake us. That he loves you with an ever, never-ending love. That when all is said and done... We win because he wins. His promises are yes and amen. They're done. But listen, we've got to be a people who not only know the promises of God, but allow those promises to infiltrate our heart, our minds, and our actions. And so we walk in those promises. Listen, I've been in church my whole life. I know the promises. But there is a difference when we literally say, you know what? I know them and now I'm going to walk in those promises. And when the lies come from the enemy, who is the father of all lies, who does nothing but lie, 
We can say, no, 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 no. That is contrary to the promise that I have. When our feelings say something that is contrary, we can say, no, 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 no. I have the promise of God that is yes and amen. Listen, hear me. You may never hear me say this again. It's time to be a little more stubborn in our promises. It's time to say, you know what? It doesn't matter what the news says. It doesn't matter what the Twitter feed says. It doesn't matter what the bank account says. It doesn't matter in a lot of ways these situations that we find ourselves in that are hard and difficult. And I'm not trying to belittle the situation. I'm just trying to help us understand that our God and his promises are true. And we can grab a hold of them with a death grip and go, you know what? No matter what I face, no matter what I go through, I claim my promise. You know what? Sometimes it's hard. When we're suffering, it's hard. And I'm not here to, to act like that doesn't matter because it does. There's, this life is hard at times. You know what? His promises are still true. His promises are still true. So you wanna, you wanna make a difference? You wanna discover that? Listen, you've got to believe the promise. Because I promise you this, Satan will come with a lie to tell you why you can't do those other three things that we talked about. But when he says, your sins are wiped away, that's a promise. You better believe it. When he says those things that were in the past are gone, it's a promise. You better believe it. When he says, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you, and I will walk with you and be with you, that is a promise. You better believe it. And when we do that, when we grab a hold of that, we can experience some amazing things in Christ. But you know what? Here's another promise we're going to all stand before God one day. And listen, I want it to be, I want us all, everybody in the sound of my voice, whether you're hearing this on internet 10 years from now, listen, I want you to be at the award ceremony with me. I want us to celebrate together. I want to, listen, I, I, this may be prideful, I don't know, I, I, I want to be, I like, that, that, that's, that's Paul, that's, that's Paul Harris, I was his pastor for a little while, way to go Paul, I want to celebrate with you, I want to be like, yeah, that, that was, that was, yeah, I, had, I, I, I poured out into his life, I, I did something cool there, and God being like, that's my boy, that's my girl, I'm so proud of you. That day's coming. It's coming. But the other day, there's another day coming too. And I want us all ready. I don't want us at a white throne. I want us at a judgment seat of Christ. And today is the day. So let's do this. Let's close our eyes. For those that are watching online, this is for you too. But listen, right now, I'm going to ask you a simple question. Which judgment will you be at? And I know there's some people, oh, they're going to be kind of at the same time. You know what I'm saying. Which judgment are you going to be at? Because you will be at one of them for sure. Whenever they take place, they're coming. Which one are you going to be at? Are you going to be at the celebration? Are you going to be at the award ceremony? And here's what's great. It's not too late to get there. 
well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm older now and I've wasted. No, 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 no. All things are new. You can start today. Today's the day of salvation. Today you can accept Jesus. But you're going to be at one. Which one are you going to be at? And here's the thing. If you go and you're honest and you say, you know what, Aaron? I'm not going to be at the judgment seat of Christ. You can have your name written in that book today. Today, right now. How do I do that, Aaron? What do I do? Listen, it's real simple. You believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. That's it. That's it. You go to him and you say, God, I need you. God, I'm a sinner. What does that mean? It means that basically I've done the wrong thing. I haven't obeyed. I haven't done, I've done my own thing for a while. But God, right now, I accept your free gift of mercy and love. Jesus, I want to be at the judgment seat of Christ. Wash me clean. Forgive me of my sins. And now I'm walking with you. Pray that prayer. And if you mean it, listen, there isn't magic words. God knows your heart. If you pray that prayer, you know what? Your name has now been written in a book. And when that book is open, your name will be there. And for the rest of us who have our name written, who are going to be at that judgment seat of Christ, Father, I pray that you would give us a new sense of urgency to be about our Father's business. That you would give us a new desire to find out what we need to be doing, to be working at that, to be holding on to promises, to be sharing those promises with those around us that you place in our path. Oh Lord, what a beautiful, amazing moment to be the light. But God, for some of us, we've covered it up. Help us, God, to be light and to make a difference so that when we stand before you, we'll celebrate all that you've done. We'll glorify you because you have done awesome things in us and through us. We love you.